Crystal Miller was just 27 years old when she felt a lump in her breast that turned out to be cancerous. But she brought her bright outlook into our studios when she visited us. In fact, it was the first thing she says people notice about her when they meet her these days. I would think my smile, happy, you know, you would see happiness. Um, a woman on a mission. <laughs> tend to have my head up high and maybe fast pace and some heels, <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone who's like has somewhere to go and um, is going to accomplish something. Crystal is a nurse at Mount Sinai Medical Center here in New York. She does data management and research on cancer for a living, and she knows exactly what's going on inside her body. I'm stage one. I'm actually triple positive. Some people are triple negative. I'm triple positive. One centimeter. I've had a lumpectomy. And also an additional thing is I've had my chemo before surgery. A lot of people have it after surgery. In my given case, it was um, better for me to have it before surgery, something I struggled with, mind you, in the beginning. A year since her diagnosis, Crystal has gone in for her first radiation treatments. But between her job where she works with cancer patients all day and her now own struggle with cancer, Crystal says she doesn't want the C word to define her. This is an aspect of my life. It doesn't overshadow um, what's going on currently in other parts of my life. It doesn't overshadow anything that I accomplished already or that I'm going to accomplish. And, you know, that's important to me. I, I like it that way. It hasn't taken over everything. When you first were diagnosed, what were your thoughts? You know, I was I was shocked because, you know, I don't have this in my family. I work in cancer and my patients tend to be older. <laughs> and, you know, I just didn't see this coming. Obviously, you know, when I felt the lump, I had a gut feeling, but I was just shocked and I didn't know how it was going to affect my life or my future. And, you know, it was scary. And part of that is because you're so young. Right. And, you know, I didn't know what stage I was and... You know, I haven't done a lot of things that I want to do. You know, I haven't been married. I haven't had a child. And it was scary. Being in a medical environment, how do you avoid going down the rabbit hole of, oh, there's this treatment, there's this treatment, there's this research, there's this is a journal article to read, there's this new yeah. thing, there's this new... How, how do you keep from doing that? I think in the beginning, I tried to look up stuff and when something, the doctor said something, I'd run home and like Google it. What's tamoxifen? What's this? And... I think it can kind of hurt you a little bit. I, I am all for people supporting each other and learning about different, you know, experiences. And But every everything that happens to somebody else doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. So for now, I tend, and I say now because maybe in the future as I continue to get treated, maybe I'll feel differently. But for now, I'm not really looking at things online. I have a rapport with my um, medical team, my breast oncologist and my breast surgeon. And, you know, I trust that they will bring me information as it comes up and that they will, if I need some type of data or supportive information, that they will be able to provide it. You know, I become obsessed when I'm looking online and Googling, and I don't want to get the wrong information and not have somebody there who's, you know, this is their area and um, not be able to interpret it with me and, you know, explain it to me. Well, it sounds also like you've made a real conscious decision. There's data, mm -hmm. and then there's Crystal's life. Right. You know, and, right. and Crystal's life is real, and data is kind of sitting there on the page. Right, right. How'd you come to that? I think any significant event, especially breast cancer, it makes you learn about yourself. And now I know for sure that I'm controlling. This is something that I'm not in control of. So now what? You know, how do you proceed? 
I just think I've learned so much about myself. Something's good, something's bad, and I'm trying to correct it. And I try to do the best for what works for me. And that might not work for the best per- the next person, but I do what works best for me and what keeps me positive and on the right track. Does it concern you, the uh, vulnerability of African-American women in uh, breast cancer and uh, the statistics and really the lack of data that exists sometimes for that population? Yeah, I mean, I think it does. Um, you know, you see it a lot with, you know, especially young black women and it's scary to me and I, I don't know what's being done. I don't know what the future means, but I just feel like there's a lot a lot of African-American women have breast cancer. It's like and you can't talk to somebody and them not say that they don't know somebody or maybe it happened to them that has breast cancer. And I don't know what that means. You know, I don't know what that means for me and I don't know what that means for maybe my future children. I, I, I don't know. And it is, I do feel very vulnerable in, in this given situation. What's the uh, darkest question you ask your doctor? I mean, definitely about survival, you know, mm. like what's my prognosis? What is the chances of beating this? What is my cure rate? Is there a cure rate? Those are the questions that in the beginning, I, and I was not scared to ask them. I wanted mm-hmm. to know. That's the type of person I am. I, I, I really wanted to be laid out on the table. I like percentages. I don't think this works for everybody. You need to know yourself. Like, like you were saying in the beginning, this is a very personal thing. <laughs> you know, you need to personalize it. What works for your friend or somebody that you meet on the street or, you know, in a support group might not work for you. And you need to be careful of that. But, you know, those are the questions that I wanted, I wanted answers to. So um, here's the hard stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I'm ready. <laughs> you're, you're 28, right? Yeah. I was 27 when diagnosed. Right. Two days before Christmas. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right, right. Um, you know, dating in your late 20s often is not fun. You know? Right. Um, but it must be particularly challenging yeah. for you. I mean, just what's the... How does that go? How, How does, does that, that work? Go? I don't How know. Do, I'm gonna, I have go? to figure it out. I haven't really dated. I just, you know, it's interesting. In the beginning, I really it feel like it feels like it's going to be a burden on somebody. I'm like, who's going to want to deal with this? You know, and because I think people hear about it, but I don't need. I don't think they understand what it totally means. Right. You know, the nitty gritty and what it means in with certain things. Um, you know, fertility react. Yeah. You're so brave. And then you go, oh, please change. Yeah. In the beginning, that bothered me so much. They, you know, you would have thought I was dying the next day or like they were going to plan my funeral. But I think when it comes to that, I'm learning. I don't I'm just going to have to learn like trial and error. You know, when's the best time to bring it up? This is something I'm going through. Um, You know, I have to take tamoxifen, which can be it's going to be for five years, five to ten years. There are potential side effects of that. And having to like explain that to them, it's. A little scary, you know. I don't know how they're going to react. Am I going to be rejected? I don't know. Um, I, you know, I don't Let know. Let me just say, anybody who rejects you for tamoxifen <laughs> is a loser, okay? Yeah, I mean, and even like my fertility, you know, I wasn't with somebody when I had to make fertility decisions in the beginning. And it happened so quickly because you have to make it before treatment. And, you know, after not to do fertility treatment, I wanted to get started right away. If it has affected my fertility... You know, making sure that the person that I'm going to marry or be with, like, understands that. You know what I mean? That, you know, there's a potential that you might not be able to have, I might not be able to child the 
the ideal way or the conventional, you know, the conventional way. So something I think about in the beginning, it bothered me. You know, that was one of the most upsetting things, I think. Um, you know, I've heard things from people when I went to support groups and they're like in tears when they're talking about things, you know, when even when it's like their husband and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's your husband. What about me? Who's like a new person? Um, well, all I can say is, you know, a lot of that stuff changes. I mean, yeah. When I when I got out of the hospital um, with a spinal cord injury, the doctor said, you'll never have kids. Right, right. I have five. Right, right. So, yeah. So I try to focus on the positive And I, like I said, only speaking positive things, things that I want to see happen. So, yeah, hopefully, you know. I, I mean, I didn't, you know, actually before all of this, I was one of those people like the typical single New Yorker, I was like, maybe that 35, 36, maybe I'll think about it. I didn't even know if I wanted kids, to be honest. I didn't think that, like, was going to complete me. I wanted to be married, though. You know, I wanted to be married, and I was like, that would be my family. If a kid happens, it happens. And it's funny because when this happened, it changed. I'm like, wait, I want a kid. Like, I don't want right. this decision being made for me. You know, I want to make the decision. And, um, but I started to say positive, and I think, it's, I think it will happen if I want it to happen. Crystal, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Crystal Miller is a nurse at Mount Sinai Medical Center diagnosed with breast cancer in December of 2013. To hear an extended version of our conversation and to listen to her audio diary, visit us at thetakeaway.org slash series slash breast cancer. And we want to invite everyone to take part in this exploration of breast cancer, especially for vulnerable African-American women. Tell us what it's like to live with the disease. We've started a Facebook group. We'd love for you to join. Go to facebook.com, type in under her skin to find us. There you can share your stories, post pictures, and take part in our ongoing conversation about the trials and triumphs of living with breast cancer. Again, you can join our group by typing in the phrase, Under Her Skin, on Facebook. We'll have lots more there. There's a lot going on right now. Mounting economic inequality, threats to democracy, environmental disaster, the sour stench of chaos in the air. I'm Brooke Gladstone, host of WNYC's On the Media. Want to understand the reasons and the meanings of the narratives that led us here? And maybe how to head them off at the pass? That's On the Media's specialty. Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts.